If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. An Erio's original... You're so great in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. You are so young. I mean, I thought that you were 16. and Well, when I was 16, I looked like a fetus. Oh, so baby, I, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can twerk squatting. Presumably, you could be like those like guys in Hong Kong who stand on the top of a building mm-hmm. in the very, very like, scary <laughs> Instagram videos. Yeah, and or like a, like a goat. You know how... Yeah, you could goats. be like a goat twerking. Mm, yes. Like yeah. on a, a cliffside or a mountaintop. Welcome to The Margaret Show, where we talk to people you know and people you should know. Today, I am talking with actor Alan Ruck. He is amazing. You may remember him, of course, from the iconic Ferris Bueller's Day Off, and most recently on my favorite show, Succession. We are long-term fans. I'm a long-term fan of yours. It's very exciting to meet you. You're charming. Thank you. Thank you. I think probably the first thing everybody would say would be Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Yeah, I did a couple of things before that, but that was that was something that was sort of um, it was actually it's the best part I've ever had in, in a feature film. Huge, but the, like a socially huge phenomenon to be in a John Hughes film at that point. Right, but how, who knew? How did you, how did you get that part? Well, I actually started in Chicago, mm-hmm. and um, when I was there, I actually met John because he was going to do the Breakfast Club as like a little indie, like a little Chicago oh. indie. Oh wow! Yeah, so that was like nineteen eighty two or three. Mm-hmm. So I went in and I auditioned for him, you know, with some other people. And then um, he met Molly Ringwald during that process, and mm-hmm. he dropped everything, and he wrote 16 Candles over a weekend for her. Wow. Just, you know, she was his muse. Mm-hmm. And then um, I, I moved to New York and did a Broadway play with Matthew. And then during that time, he was offered Ferris Bueller. And um, I was older older than I looked, and, and um, they didn't want to see me because they knew that I was t- 29. <laughs> or no, I was 28 at that point. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, um, 
but the my agent said, well, he's, he plays opposite Matthew every night on stage. They look like they're the same age. So I went in and I auditioned for the casting people. And they said, yeah. And then uh, I went back in and read with Matthew mm-hmm. for John. Mm-hmm. So it was just it was just serendipitous. You know? Well, you have such great chemistry with him. And, and I think you're lucky because that era and all of those particular, like the Brat Club actors, like, you know, it was hard. It was Rat Pack. Rat Pack. Rat Pack, yeah. That was hard for them to break out. Yeah. You know, so uh, I thought that it was great. You were sort of perfectly positioned there to have this great long career. You and like John Cusack, you know. And- I did a movie with Johnny when he was 16. Oh, really? But he was like 16 going on 40. And uh, <laughs> um, we did this movie, terrible movie called Class with Rob Lowe. I love that movie. Oh, I glad. love that movie with Ed, um, Andrew McCarthy. And Jacqueline Bissett. She's yeah. great in it. Yeah, she's That's great. a great movie. It's like a kind of like, it's like a reimagining of The Graduate in a way. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad that you like it. I love it. I'm I glad. think it's a great movie. Yeah, so I met John when he was quite young. And Joan, mm-hmm. I met both of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because they're Chicago kids. Yeah, and um, and I remember in 16 Candles, he uh, he's- You're full of compliments. I'm going to come over more <laughs> so often. So good. But he's in the, he's like in, he's one of the dorks that are like, they're selling like the floppy disks for Molly Ringwald's underwear. Oh, in, 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 in 16 candles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. got like a, 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 a headpiece. They're like talking on walkie talkies or something. Yes. Yeah, he's very silly. And then he gets put in like the, um, is, is it like the trunk? <laughs> by Jake, I can't, <laughs> I can't like remember. That. I can't remember <laughs> something like. But that. you could tell with that guy because he's so smart. I haven't seen him for years, but I mean, he was sixteen years old, and he had no no desire to go to college. He was just like ready to go to the bank. You know, he he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. It, he was a baby, but he knew what he was doing, and he was just ready. Yeah, yeah. But you're you're so great in Ferris Bueller's Day Off because you have this sort of you are so young. I mean, I thought that you were sixteen. And well, when I was 16, I looked like a fetus. Oh, so baby, I, baby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're so young, and that, but you have this weariness behind the eyes of dealing with Ferris. It's like this <laughs> marriage that maybe worked at some point, yeah, but now doesn't. We need therapy, yeah. Yeah, you need therapy, and there's so much um, history between you that's underneath the acting that's like really apparent. Maybe that's the play. Well, we were, you know, we, we'd done the play together for nine months, and so we were already pals, and we shared a, a, a really similar sense of humor. We didn't have to make anything up. You know how it is, like, you show up on set, and like, it's like, this is your sister, this is your boyfriend, right. this is your husband, who, this is your lover, whoever, and you have to, like, create something right away. Yeah. We didn't have to do that. Yeah. We, we just were pals, and it just, it was really lucky. Well, it's great, because there's a, there is that beautiful subtext underneath of, like, you really do care for him, but you're just tired of it. <laughs> and you just, but and every time you've, you've made so many mistakes and you've said, made many ultimatums. Yeah, a couple, seemed, one or two that are ignored. There seem to be a lot of ignored ultimatums yeah. there that yeah. um, I think spiritually is an actor. The relationship's in trouble. Yeah, the relationship's <laughs> trouble. But I think spiritually is an actor that you do make ultimatums in your relationships with other characters in whatever, in, in succession, I notice it with Willa. Oh yeah. There's I know he's made you've made ultimatums to her. But I always back it up with money, so it's you know <laughs> so she comes through. <laughs> I'm so surprised by you on succession because you when as the stories progress, you become something that I didn't anticipate. Like your character becomes something that I didn't anticipate from the beginning. But I which is what? Which is like 
you know, I kind of thought, like, you start off as Ed Begley Jr. (laughs) 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 Like, I'm like, oh, he's probably going to, like, really make an electric car. Like, I'm like, oh, his his purpose here is he's going to invent something, like, that's really good for the environment. Yeah. But rather, it's going to be the president. And it's very, like, so, and you turn into something that I, I don't know whether it's, um, Oh God! It's like a it's a it's a Ross Perot feeling that I get. <laughs> you know, it's not Trump, but it's a kind of maybe it's a Jeb Bush or not even a, a it's something. Yeah, we're still figuring it out as we go. I mean, uh, we have the greatest writers I've ever worked with, and um, they keep it pretty close to the vest. I mean, we'll get yeah. the script. Uh, for, we'll have like read through. We'll get it at two in the morning the night before. Wow. We don't get a lot of lead time. Yeah. Which drives Hiyama Bas crazy because she's a uh, Palestinian. Yeah. Uh, who speaks like five languages, but she's yeah. like, English is not my first language. Oh. You know, and so she doesn't know like sort of the idiosyncrasies and the, the vernacular and stuff. Yeah. And so she would really appreciate a little lead time, but they just can't. They're so good, they can't leave it alone. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, we're still figuring out where he's going and what he is. They're all damaged. So They're all really, really but damaged. in a know? way, that is so true. You know, I feel like your character lives in the Frank Lloyd Wright house on Franklin. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's that um, big Aztec house. Your, your house in like, what is it? Where, where is it? Is it New, Me- New Mexico? New Mexico. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. very similar. I'm like, yeah. is this supposed to be like a Frank Lloyd Wright house? Like it's so Yeah, it's it's ostentatious. It's great. Yeah. But it's his taste. That's yeah. what he would do because he's gotta like buy his life. Right. But he's gotta buy his taste and buy his friends. Yeah. And buy his lovers to an extent, but he don't yeah. you don't wanna be that per I mean, I hear I'm like telling you who your character is, but But that's helpful. You know because what I mean? I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, but it feels like he's uh he's able to purchase a personality. Well, I just think money goes a long way with a lot of people. And I, I think, um, I mean, what we kind of figured out with him is, hey, baby. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he's he's probably like an ADHD kid. Uh, right. But this was back like in, in the, uh, say, the 70s when people didn't really have a real good take on that. It was in the early stages of figuring out what that thing was. Yeah. And um, in these dynastic families, uh, uh, people that aren't, you know, achievers and sparkly, they're kind of, you know, they're pushed to the side a little bit, you mm-hmm. know. And so uh, the the deal, the, what we figured out was that the old man divorced my mom probably when I was like about eight years old. Right. And then he got involved with the new wife, with the dragon lady and had the, you know, the golden trio. And mm-hmm. I was just, I was like on the outside looking in. So I think right. that's been a lot of my life with yeah. with the old man and with my, my uh, brothers and my sister. And uh, just, you know... Probably tried business school, but like dropped out after a semester because just right. couldn't cut it. And then like maybe tried art school and then mm-hmm. didn't have any talent and then just didn't have to do it. He's, this guy's never worked a day in his life. Right. I mean, you know, the old man out of guilt and made big investments for yeah. me from the time I was born and uh, I've never had to do anything. Yeah. But I think that that's really to his disadvantage because it's like you were never able to really figure out who you are. No. Yeah. And that's He's really lost. Sad. He's lost. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and the sadness of like, could I really be in love with somebody or is somebody going to love me? I think I'm going to have to buy that too. Well, I think it was just something like I met this girl through my brother, this woman, 
And she's fantastic, beautiful, smart girl who happens to be, you know, a professional escort as well as a playwright. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, I was just like, I need a girlfriend and you need money? Yeah. This is great. Yeah. You know, it was like, perfect. This is perfect. Yeah. I have money. You need money? But he really loves her, which is oh, like, yeah. makes me sick. I feel so bad. <laughs> I'm like, oh God. Like, because he but really I loves know, her. Yeah, I don't know where she's going to go. It, it could be that she just gets fed up or it could be that like he says, let's have a baby. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. Mm-hmm. And then backs off, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, I don't know where she's going to go either. She's, she's, she's another lost soul. Yeah. I mean, she's got she got more on the ball than he does for sure. But uh, she's she's uh, she's not completely there. She's not all together. Well, it's like she's begrudgingly opportunistic. She's like the inverse of Tom, who is openly op- opportunistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because eyebrows are always searching for an opportunity to <laughs> insert himself into like whatever yeah. it's going to be. I'm going to do it. And- Reveling sycophant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. But she's like really like the. Uh, shadow side of that where she's not doing that but she actually very apparently But something is. presents itself and she's like well alright. Yeah like yeah. it's like this dream that I wish that maybe like if they do the director's cut or the um, if DVD extras that we'll, we'll see her play. Oh yeah. <laughs> well we'll have to sh- we never you know we'll have to we'll have to go back and do that. Did they give you an idea of what it was like? <laughs> what the play, <laughs> the play is? Um, you know, it was just, it was uh, a, a girl who was trapped by a madman in the desert mm. and uh, desperately trying to get away. Yeah. <laughs> that was, that was pretty much what we had. I was like, oh, wait, well, I want to see the play. Like, I was like <laughs> thinking we were going to see the play the whole time. <laughs> and I was like planning on it, getting ready in my mind. We're going to see the play. And then um, the, I guess, you know, of course, it's like the focus is on the family. It's not going to be on the, you know, this sort of outside thing. But to me, that seemed really important. We'll see where it goes. I mean, I I didn't have all that much to do in the second season, and uh, I think it's going to uh, shift a little bit. So who knows uh, what'll happen with Willa? Mm-hmm. You know, so it it could be that we get expanded a little bit. Yeah, we'll see. it's definitely. I'm so intrigued by your journey there. It to me seems like the most real because, you know, of course it's like. With Roman and Kendall and and with Shiv, there's there seems to be a track of like motion. But then with you, to me, your character is the most authentic because that's the those are the casualties of wealth that I see around. Yeah, you know, you see those really rich, um, sort of those the Hiltons and the yeah, you the, know, uh, over all over the uh, yeah, kind of never the Gettys and all that yeah, stuff. Yeah, who like you know, and then you're almost like the just past the generation where you'd get kidnapped and then they would send your ear back. <laughs> you know, yeah. So maybe you just like that would be something you would, you went to school with. Yeah, you just miss that. Yeah. So it's like the the character that you're presenting is so authentic to the experience of the wealth that is so foreign to most people that um, I, I'm, I've, I've gotten like witness to. Well, we'll see. I don't know what's going to happen. You know, I think in a way, I think Roman is the, the most uh, well-adjusted right. of the four. Right. Because Siobhan, everybody thinks it's her because she's most like the old man. She's just, you know, she'd slit your throat for a dollar and say, it's just business. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Kendall's a mess. Roman is a snot and he's snarky and, you know. But I actually think... Uh, he might be a real survivor of right. this whole mess. Right. You know, Siobhan is, 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 see, we're all like clamoring for the old man's attention and love. And she was the one that went 180 degrees 
away and you know starts to to uh, work with this uh, social democrat and you mm-hmm. know I can make it in DC without you mm-hmm. and the first time the old man says I would love you to come back and and run the company she just yeah. she couldn't get there fast enough you know yeah and then she's like tripping over herself you know when he's like he does when he he plays people and then this you know yeah he's got three people going at the same time and see you know who's going to destroy who but that your character is like sitting aside of it, like kind of like doing your own thing, but it's also kind of aligned on the same political track. Well, he's just as entitled as any of them, you know? And I mean, just living with that kind of wealth and never having to work for anything, never having to uh, wait for anything, you know? I mean, uh, um, he's a sociopath in, in, in that sense that he has no idea what real people, what regular people go through. No idea at all. Yes. I mean, even the Kennedys used to say, I mean, JFK said, he said there was depression going on, but we didn't know anything about it. Right. You know, because it's just, that's not how they lived. But then you could, you could project onto your character's face that like kindness and like concern about the country. Like there's something about the persona that I could see, like politically, this actually probably works. In the same way that George W. Bush works, because he has this visage of, like, caring. (laughs) (laughs) Did he? (laughs) Kind of. I mean, it's like, you know, but now we look back, he has actually a great president. But, um, (laughs) you know, back then it was like, we didn't appreciate it. But here's this sort of, like, the the old, I guess he's the eldest son of this, like, very, very long, long long-term political family. Oh, yeah. Very wealthy. And, uh, you know, problems, but kind of got pushed into, like, politics. Yeah. And was just sort of, like, kind of, like, in the right place at the right time. Yeah. To be elected. Yeah, I think that's true. Yeah. It was, like, oh, a yeah. look and a projection of society of what we needed. Yeah. So, it's, like, your character, it's, like, running for president. It's, like, I feel like we could project onto him, like, what we need. Well, I think that happens all the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 So, you show up a cipher and people fill you up with what they believe with meaning yeah and um intention that you may not have right but they need you to have yeah but it doesn't matter because you'll take it yeah it's like great because it gives us purpose and it's like well um this is the right thing for us to do you know right here it's almost like you're being cast in a role i i think on on some level the one percent really does care about the environment they just want all the rest of us to die off first yeah and then they'll be like oh let's take care of the ocean you know, it's like, let's get the population down to about, oh, 500 million. Yeah. And then, you know, we're going to take care of things. We can deal. We can deal. It's like, um, but it, it, it I, I, yeah, I always thought like, okay, your character is going to either like invent some kind of electric car or some kind of like <laughs> alternative to fossil fuels. Well, there was this, uh, I actually can't remember if it made it into the show now, but there was this, um, supposed to be this uh, for, uh, business venture about yurts. That's right. Um, yeah, That's right. Yeah, it yeah, it right. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It did. And you know, it did not go well. So I think I think his <laughs> I think in, in, in different times in his life his heart has been in sort of a good place about these sorts of things. It's just that he's got no business sense whatsoever. He doesn't he, he he's not like the other kids. He doesn't he doesn't know how to run a company. He doesn't know how to do anything like that. Right. Like it reminds me of um he is a Kennedy and um he does a lot of work for the environment and um he was doing a charity that with Joe? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. He was doing a charity that was about um, the rivers and uh, ensuring the sanctity of rivers. Yeah. And it was like, so you, <laughs> so your character. <laughs> so it's like Bobby's Bobby's son, Joe. 
Yeah. I think, yeah. And he was going around with um, Jimmy Buffett <laughs> in a private plane and uh, doing a lot of talks about how we need to keep the rivers safe. Yeah. And God it, bless him. It, it, yeah, it was great. But it was also kind of like um, this thing of like, you don't care about the rivers. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, that's bullshit. You don't, no, but I'm sure he does. But it was this funny thing of like, here's somebody who's like so wealthy, but he does a lot of work for the environment. He's a yeah. big sort of green guy. Which you, know who, is cool. you know who is like sort of, uh, um, what's not, word isn't curator, but it's, uh, he's dedicated to the preservation of the Channel Islands. It's Joe Walsh. Oh, right. You know, from, uh, uh, right. from Eagles. Yeah. And the James Gang, if you remember. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it's a, interesting that's the, interesting. the different people that get involved in in these things. But then there's like always like the, you know sort of the famous person. So I feel like your character would team up with like um, Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> and helping um, you know indigenous people of uh, Canada. Yeah. Like they they're like doing a lot of stuff with First Nations. Oh, is that right? They're for like to for its environmental stuff. I have small children. I don't know anything that's going on. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm really. I, I just mostly I'm tired and I know I, I sleep a lot and I have no idea about current events. Well, and, no, so it's all these celebrities that go and they all have like like a yoga top knot, man, <laughs> and then they go and they have Is like that the Steven Seagal look. Yeah, yeah, but it's all really high up. Oh, nice. So like Steven Seagal is like low on the base of the skull. But this but, more looks like a turd on the top of. Yeah, the skull. this is yeah. more like a top knot tied up yoga knot, and then um, then they go and they do work with like the environment. Well, I can, I'm working on it. I think I, you could I probably, yeah, more. if you could just like, yeah, pull it up at the pull top. It all forward, okay. I think that's good. Um, now, I am excited. Have you started shooting three? No, we'll start in um, like the third week of April. We'll start. Oh, up. yeah. So you yeah. don't, I mean, the wave of like incredible fandom, it's pretty insane. It, 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 it grew in a funny way because, um, when we premiered, a lot of these critics were saying, oh, there's nobody to root for. They're all despicable. I have never had that problem right. with any sort of show. I mean, it's like, they're all scumbags. Great. Let's see, you know. Yeah. As long as it's amusing. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then about halfway through the first season, they started saying things like, the show has finally found itself, which I think the show always knew who it was. The, right. They just didn't know, you know. Yeah. They had to catch up. But... Um, it's just incredible writing. I mean, these guys, like I said, they, they, they take such care with every script, and we, we sort of get it the last minute, which is, you know, the writing is so good, you can't really complain, but mm-hmm. you'd love to have a little lead time. It's the only thing, I mean, that all of us would probably say, would, you know, it would be great if we could just get it like a day or two before. But then uh, whenever we shoot, they'll come up with literally a couple of pages of alternate lines. Mm-hmm. So we'll shoot things as scripted yeah. and then they'll come up and say okay we got that do you want to try any of these oh, and you yeah. want to try all of them because it's, yeah, so it's all great and then uh generally uh all the directors but definitely mark mylod who's my favorite don't tell the others um mm-hmm. uh will say okay guys a free one like whatever comes out of your mouth mm, that's great and sometimes it's crap you know but sometimes somebody just you know gets a little bit inspired and then they take a left turn and if you hang on you mm-hmm. know and just go with it every now and then you get something yeah really fresh and, and great that's great it's a fun way to work and it's I think what's great too is your acting is so amazing that they trust you like you know these characters so yeah. even if they give it to you moments before you know what that's gonna be well another thing I'm telling you the writing is so good uh, I, I mean 
an actor who pairs is an oxymoron. But I, I really think for a lot of us, you just kind of have to show up, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like this is this is the situation. This is the dialogue. Go, yeah, you know. And um, in a way, it kind of plays itself, right? Because you don't have to make anything work, you know. Right. You, you don't have to like, oh, what is? Uh, you don't have to sort of beat yourself up trying to to get a. a a proper performance it's just it's it flows and it's in there like it's like in the structure of who you've already built so it's like this thing of like this is actually very natural they were really quick to pick up on people's rhythms mm-hmm. and people's personalities so uh like nick braun oh yeah, you know, yeah. cousin greg mm-hmm. they just kind of picked up on his rhythm right away and they started to write the way nick naturally speaks yeah so it's it's just fluid Mm-hmm. You know, it's uh, it's really close to his bones. So yeah, yeah, it's great. Yeah, it's great, and and uh, you're so great on it, and I can't wait to see what transpires. I'm like so excited. I'm glad. I'm so excited. <laughs> now, what do you do? Um, like so you got to do all the other other acting stuff, like while your time you're on hiatus. I, I was supposed to do an indie, but you know how these things go. The money fell through like three days before shooting. So mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, fine. But anyway, truthfully, my wife is working a lot, and we both work all over the world. And we have a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, nine-year-old girl, five-year-old boy. And so it's tricky now because they're in school, and especially my nine-year-old has a social life, mm-hmm. and she doesn't really appreciate being dragged to Europe or wherever. Yeah. So... um if I don't have any work, it's fine because I just get to spend time at home with the kids. Yeah, it's nice. It's great. It's great. It's nice. And it's like um, you have such a, I mean, it, it's such a long and amazingly like storied career. So many different things. So many great things. It's like, is, is there something that you haven't done that you thought, oh, well, this would be a good thing? Like, is there, everybody's got like, I want to do Death of a Salesman on Broadway. <laughs> well, I did, I did have, but I'm, I'm too old now. For a long time, I wanted to play... Uh, Tom in a glass menagerie. Oh, I just yeah. always wanted to do that. And yeah. it's like, well, a little long in the tooth for that now. I mean, it is a memory play, but, you know, he shouldn't be like 60 and remembering, <laughs> you know, his yeah. sister. Yeah. Well, you know, it's nah. uh, that's a nah, cool nah. one, though. Pass me by. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's a cool one. Yeah. I, I don't know if I have one for myself, but it it's something that I'm always cur- curious. Like, people always think, oh, I would... I've no, I will never play the Dane, like a Hamlet <laughs> yeah. or whatever, no, um, no, no, no. something like that. I actually, I thought, I thought that uh, Brian Cox and I should do the dresser. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, but um, you know, I'd probably get a lot of shit for doing a British accent. So why not? Oh, you well, could yeah, do yeah, it. Yeah. yeah, I could do it, but I, it's just you know, you catch a lot of shit for that. <laughs> like Brad, Brad Pitt did that one movie where he played uh, the IRA kid with Harrison Ford. Oh, and oh. he they just I mean I think they were just looking for a reason to beat him up. I thought he sounded fine. Yeah. You know, I thought he sounded good, but they just beat the hell out of him and then um he kind of took that in a very Buddhist way uh mm. and then uh sort of uh recycled it for snatch. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. and then sort of did like the unintelligible version of <laughs> the Irish funny. accent. Yeah. That's so funny. he he kind of got back at him. Wow. Well, you know, I there's a lot of British actors on Succession. We got a oh, we got a couple. We got a couple. Uh, we We're got Australian Matt, and uh, yeah, we got Sarah Snook is is our Aussie, and we got uh, Matthew McFadden is um, our classically trained British leading man, and then we got Cox, who's you know he's a Scot, mm-hmm. you know. So yeah. yeah, we got some we got some accents. You going got some on. accents, and then the well, like British people, like the, well, the, you know, uh, Matthew caught a lot of shit. 
for being a guy from Minnesota. And I oh, think really? he sounds great. He sounds great. You know, um, <laughs> but you know, I just think people are always looking for something to be snarky about. Otherwise, nobody would pay attention to their reviews. Yeah, um, he's really good. There's a lot of things on um, Twitter of people doing different impressions of the succession characters. I don't know if you've seen that. But no, I haven't. No. Pretty good. The uh, Kendall's amazing, pretty amazing. And the, the Tom is pretty amazing. Yeah, <laughs> it's really, it's fun. I, I well, Oh, yeah. Well, the British characters like um, Renee Zellweger does a great Bridget Jones. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the most iconic British yeah. modern character. Yeah. So you could you could do the dresser. That Academy Award winner. Yeah, you could do the dresser for sure. Um. So are you on the inst- Instagrams? Are you on the Twitters? Are you on the? No, my wife is on the Instagram because her agent said you know you have to have a media presence, and I'm just I'm just I'm just too old for all that shit. It just seems like a lot of work. It is a lot of work. I know. Um. But that's how you get like uh, the Clairol deals, right? I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. It's like, how many followers do you have? <laughs> Let's offer you this campaign. That'd be good. I I, I do it, but I'm, I, it's, a, it's a struggle for me. I'm 51, so it's like, ugh, it's a lot. You look great. Thank you. You do too. Wow. The best. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's I, my pleasure. I am a long-term fan, and, and I'm so glad that I got to talk to you. Oh, right back at you. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. And now my conversation with comedian and actor Atsuko Okatsuka, host of the woke Japanese game show, Let's Go Atsuko. You've always had this sort of kind of hair. This sort of kind of hair, yeah. I yeah. think so because um, it's always kind of architectural, heavy fashion, <laughs> heavy bangs. Margaret. Youthful, playful. Yeah. I l- appreciate it when a comedian has a fashion, a good fashion sense. Mm. There's not a too. lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do too because I think people get in their heads like, oh, then I'll have to explain why I look like this or you right. know, my comedy has to be a fashion, you know, it has to match my look. Right. I think that's what happens. I think that's what happens also. Like they just, um, I think comedians, you know, they don't want to like challenge people with the way they look and then um, they want to be as like neutral mm-hmm, as possible, mm-hmm. especially women. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you feel like, I don't want to be too pretty. I don't want to be too scary. I don't want to be too sexual. (laughs) Like you have to kind of modify all of the aspects of your personality to uh, remain agreeable to an audience because you have to kind of like mitigate their misogyny. Yeah, totally. And, you know, you have to be like, well, okay, now they're, they're on my side. 
You have to feel yes. like they're on your side. You have to feel like you're on their side, you know, or else they're like, she's too hot. How would I ever start to empathize? <laughs> right. <laughs> or whatever. I mean, you know, it's probably a product of like, it, it is a product of misogyny and, you know, us feeling like we have to do that. It's socialization, but it's also <sighs> kind of like comedy itself like the the uh the nature of it so the one sort of archetype that we accept well there's two there's um lesbian Mm -hmm, always mm -hmm. fine Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and tomboy Mm -hmm. always fine so that would be like ellen and sarah silverman yeah 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 and i know sarah a long time and when she first started around like i started a little before her in the 90s she had a rough because she was so beautiful Mm -hmm. And so perfect for the time in sort of like an athletic 70s style, like baseball tee. Sure. And like bell bottoms and just so beautiful Mm -hmm. that she had a hard time in the beginning to get audiences to trust that she was so brilliant. Right. And she is. Like listen to the actual words. Right. Right. With a high voice, also taboo. Because mm-hmm. we were trying to like talk as low as we could. Sure. You know, trying to have like the, the lowest serious right. Right, but you, you know it's like not natural for me anyway. But it's like a, to to talk low, to talk really like this, low. Yeah. I was never like I'm just not baritone. Right? Yeah. No. I mean, you gotta be. Yeah. Just <laughs> would you say you're like an alto? I am a uh, mezzo. Well, I know that I'm oh. a sing as for a singer. I'm mm-hmm. a me- mezzo. Oh, interesting. See, I don't know singing that much. I was in a choir, my uncle's choir one time. That's how mm-hmm. I found out I was an alto. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't give me other parts. Also was never asked back after the first performance. Oh. But it was a cantata, which uh, yeah. which is like a 45-minute piece, hard. you know. It's it's hard. That's and a lot. That's my audition. That's a know? lot. That's yeah. a lot. Yeah. But, um, but you always do like the fashion moment with comedy, which I really appreciate. And you do kind of explain it. It becomes part of your comedy, but not in a way that it's like, oh, well, this is all I am. But you get to introduce like just the moment of like, yes, I'm wearing this. And then you can take it beyond. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which yeah. is a good way to like kind of warm up what you're about to say. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you know, if fashion is a part of who you are, yeah, right? it's a big part of who you are. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think like it just will translate in your attitude, the things you talk about, the things you think about. Yes. You know, and so yeah, yeah. Uh, I try not to talk about like my haircut so much because then at a certain point you run out. It's only so much architecture, you know? Well, the haircut is like, <laughs> just the perfect accessory, though. It's you just know? an accessory. It's like, for um, fashion to really work, you have to have the right hair and the right dressing for your body. So do you think towards that, like about like your body, like I'm going to wear something that kind of shows it off because it's very beautiful and a dance dancer, mm-hmm. athletic, but at the same time, it's not overtly sexualized. Yeah, I've been wearing more pants though, to be honest lately, because I'm still struggling with that. Mm-hmm. And so I've been covering up a little more lately. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah I don't know why you know sometimes you get back into that phase of um uh, you know thinking about the audience too much. Well, it's more like <laughs> I think it's also easier to wear pants because I can do more physically. Like if I want to like get down on the ground, yeah, or you know do whatever stupid like dumb physical thing, I can just <laughs> get in that position. Right. So it, it is kind of it's like an action oriented. I love a squirt. A squirt. A squirt. Like it's a, a pants. Squirt. Like uh-huh, a uh-huh. pants skirt. Squirt. Yeah, yeah. So, But the pants is underneath the skirt. Yeah. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. that you have, 
I want to be able to twerk just like you. You want to twerk. <laughs> yes. I've seen I've seen your booty shakes. Yeah, I try. On the Instagrams. I've it's seen, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, you're working out, you know, fitness. Fitness is hot. Fitness is hot and twerking <laughs> is difficult and uh, you're very good. You can twerk squatting, which is like... <laughs> It's a mixed metaphor, but also it's great. Like, I'm like, how? And, and not just squatting, but like squatting on like a stool or like a raised surface. Right, right. Raised surface with small surface area to yeah. uh, put your feet on your base. So you yeah. could probably, like, you, presumably, you could be like those like guys in Hong Kong who stand on the top of a building mm-hmm. in the very, very like, <laughs> scary Instagram videos. Yeah. And or like a, like a goat, you know how. Yeah. You could goats, be like a goat twerking. Mm, yes. Like yeah. on a, a cliff, a, a cliffside or a mountaintop. I love how goats have such crazy balance on just the tiniest little surface, mm-hmm. you know, it's sideways. Great. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. But so what is the key to twerking on like a, um, a ledge? So a lot of it ups to just the regular squat, you know, right. the Asian squat is, you know, that's that was sort of my resting pose for a long time. I just I have shorter legs. I have, like proportionally I have shorter legs. It's good to know your body, mm-hmm. you know, accept it. Love it. Uh, I have shorter legs, so um I feel like I can get down to the ground faster. Technically, right. that makes yeah, sense, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, of course. And then so and balance, yeah, I've just been, you know, squatting has always been comfortable for me. The butt, the twerking part, you know, that that's still I'm still trying to wrap my head around why me? How how has my why me? How can I do that, you know? It's so you're so good at it though because it's like and there's a kind of a, a reggaeton flavor. It's not um, It's not a hip-hop twerk. It's a reggaeton yeah. twerk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Downbeat. There you go. Yeah. yeah you the, were doing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like, it's like, Down. it's yeah. definitely like, because the twerking that we see, like Magic City twerking or like twerking that you would see in a rap video, yeah. it's, it's quite it's like up, up. Like a city girl twerking is like mm-hmm. up. Yeah. But you go for like a, uh, it's like reggaeton, like a dance hall. It is dance hall, yeah. It's it's intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always say like hip hop is like even when you're listening to it, you kind of nod up, right? Right. Dance hall, you you nod down. You nod down. Yeah. And it's very. Uh, I think it it really adds something, and it makes it very different. But it also makes it very intentional. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because twerking, like if you're twerking, on I'm hip-hop. so shy talking about. Oh no, this. no, it's, it's good. <laughs> no, it's great. Yeah, it's good. Thanks for yeah. But twerking on the up is like um, that is like a sissy bounce. And um, when I was in New Orleans in 2008, somebody mm-hmm. asked me to go to a, a big Frida show, and they were like, "This is going to be the next thing. Mm-hmm. You will see." And mm-hmm. so we went to the show. It was so loud that it was like. My face was shaking in ways that wasn't expected. <laughs> and um, Big Frida was on stage. And then all of these women all over, and they were all different sizes, all different races, all different age range. Amazing. And they were all twerking. They were all climbing up on the wall, putting their hands on the wall uh-huh. and twerking. I had never seen twerking. I didn't, didn't, well, they didn't have a name for it. No, um, you're right. You're right. It didn't. I mean, I feel like Miley Cyrus was, you know, unfortunately, like that's what. Yeah, she, that's when people were like, "Oh, what this that's this, what this term?" Is. Yeah, yeah, that yeah, yeah. just sort of brought that into the forefront. But before then, it had just been these women dancing to um, Big Frida and Katie mm-hmm. Red and all of these great sissy bounce artists. In so it was queer, and so um, there was a woman. Uh, her name, uh, she was a sex worker, and her name was Altercation. That was her na- name, Altercation. Oh, altercation. Altercation, okay, yeah. And she was uh, teaching 
how to dance this way. Mm-hmm. And so I, I uh, asked her for a lesson. So she took me in the bathroom. Amazing. And then she was like, the weirdest accent. They have a really strange accent in New Orleans, but it's very, very thick because it kind of sounds New York, but it's like... Is it Cajun? Yeah, Cajun. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She's like, oh, you got to like... It's all you in your bone. It's your bone. And um, bone. she's like, just um, stop holding on to your flesh yeah. and just shake your bones. Uh huh. And how did it go? It did not go well. And I still have some in the issues bathroom, with it. just you and her. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, then later she was on stage and doing the um, move. And I was like, so transfixed by her just amazing body. And it was doing this. And um, she was a great teacher. Yeah. And I don't like anybody named altercation yeah altercation yeah I, I heard at first i heard ultra and i was like oh i like that too yeah ultra ultra yeah. is good like an ultra vacation but, ultra va- yeah uh, altercation <laughs> as if um you got in a fight mm-hmm, with her mm-hmm. yeah yeah and yeah. um and i was in a fight with my ass to try to make it move <laughs> like that yeah and i uh i could never really do it quite but i i really loved it and so since then of course now mm-hmm. um twerking is a big big deal and we have big frida which is all the I love Big Frida and I love the music that she makes and everything that's happening around that. Yeah, it's cool. But when you do it, it's very like to me. Like you actually bring into it a a dancer sensibility. So the movements are very precise. Oh, to the beat, to yes. the beat. And then I love how is it your grandmother was she watching my grandma, my grandma and my mom and yeah. your mom and they <laughs> just love it. They have so much fun. My they are they are my angels. They are my guardian angels. And you know, my my grandma has been a caretaker all her life, mm-hmm. and so it hasn't been till recent years that she's been like on Instagram, right? You know, and then and she loves it. They, and they are <laughs> so supportive, and they're just like, they look at your ass, like, oh. you know, they're like so excited, they're like, what do. <laughs> you know they like, they love it and it's really that is great. the sound they make Ooh. yeah just it's impre- like they're impressed they're impressed they are support they are proud proud supportive and then she came out of me you like, know? like <laughs> you know they they have like a deep appreciation and it's yeah. so funny but it's so like really cute too mm-hmm. Can, now that they tried to twerk yeah, yeah, they have. Yeah, there's a couple of videos where we all do it together. Mm-hmm. And they get it right, you know. Honestly, it's like, for me, it's in the hips. So it's just right here, like where your waist is, that's mm-hmm. all you're moving. Yeah. Truly, it's not, you're not mentally trying to make your butt work. That that That's when you get stuck. Yeah. You know, it's literally just your your waist that you're, you're, you're moving. And so their, their waist, they're moving their waist. Yeah. They're moving their waist. Yeah. Their butts, they've been sitting for so long. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're they're decades of sitting. Right. And so it's just it's flat. But yeah. whatever, you know. They work it's with great. you work with what you have. That's right. And I think that's what I mean, that's what we should be doing in the senior centers. There's a lot of senior centers in um Japantown and San Francisco. Yeah. And they're all up there. Um I guess they're doing Sudoku or whatever. <laughs> but they should be twerking. Like they should be like Well, like I think they also do uh some dance class. Yeah, you got to yeah, move yeah. that lymph around. Definitely uh, the morning exercises, for sure. Yeah. Calisthenics. But a dance class with music. Yeah, they would get so know? excited. They get so turned. 
I also love it when like um, hip hop guys watch you do your twerking because they're always commenting like, oh, you know, she got a little booty, but it, you know, it's it worked. Like they're like, oh, yeah. Like, yeah. oh, of course. I would have never thought so, but okay. They're it's like, yeah, they're the like, hey, you know, the ga- the twerking gatekeepers. Yes. There's yeah, quite yeah, a few yeah. of them. Of course. There. And respect. I always, you know, like to be like, it was not founded by me or Miley. You know, no, 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 no. Give up give big ups to, you know, the black community, the queer community. Oh, so many dance moves, even like the death drop or the dip, you know, oh, coming yeah. from the queer community too. So that like, you know, so that the straight people can try it at home. Well, you know I what mean, I mean? The, no, but you you do it in a, it, it's not, the thing about it is that it's like, the thing is, it's, it is actually the way you're doing it is quite a classic sort of reggaeton um, move. It's very... Kingston, it's very Jamaica. It's very, it's different. It is actually kind of more of a, a different approach dance wise. There's like all these people who like what they're like the reaction videos on YouTube, right, right, and right. stuff. <laughs> so they're like watching, twerking, and they're like talking about it and stuff. So there's always a very like opinionated thing of like whenever a woman moves her body, there's going to be some sort of like talk about it. For sure, got my first photo ever removed from Instagram. Really? Have you ever gotten photos removed from Instagram? Um, I don't know. I don't think so. Well, you have the gorgeous, uh, gorgeous, like your head on other people's bodies. Oh, I yeah, love that. Ronald McDonkey. Yeah. He's my friend. He's yeah. a great, he's a really, really funny, um, uh, great, great, great Instagram uh, artist. But um, yeah, I don't think I've ever, I think he has had some problems with that. Like he's had some okay. issues where they've removed things, but I've, I don't think I have. Yeah. No, yeah. First ever. I was just like my, you know, kind of like, you know, I haven't been, I wasn't always comfortable being in my body till like recent years ever since i started kind of popping my butt mm-hmm. you know and then so i was like i'm gonna post uh you know almost nudie yeah yeah yeah. and then that got taken off oh yeah. wow yeah so, which means someone reported it and That's so weird. so there are you know gatekeepers out there who are yeah like, i mean people, it's like why you know there's uh people who are mad at people being happy <laughs> i don't know <laughs> i always think like i want to pop that pussy on headstand not in a uh-huh. literal way because i think i would probably like you know, crush a vertebra, but I think that it would be. I really think good. Margaret, with the right stretches, you can. Yeah, just the right proper warm up. If I warm up and cool down, I've seen you do some crazy physical stuff. Maybe, but yeah. I, you know, I have to really like be careful about it. But um, yeah, popping that pussy, popping the pussy. I like a pop, a pussy pop. <laughs> the idea of it, because um, it's always yeah. like so stiff down there. Everything is like so stiff. So I want to like mm-hmm. open up. So that's stiff, why I like. stiff at the pussy right now, or stiff like when you're in a headstand. I think the head. Stand. I think it's the gravity. Yeah, yeah of course, because you know. everything is being brought to your head. Yeah. At the same time, you have to defeat that gravity mm-hmm. and pop it upwards. Pop it up, and mm-hmm. then also hold up your weight with your hands. Yeah, it's just it's a lot. Yeah, it's all a lot. I think you know what death drop is really scary. I've never really done a death drop. Um, you know, have you done? Can you do one? You know, I I've done one, but the getting back up is just it's such you know it's hard. I I did it at Akbar. I was excited. Oh, I, was, <laughs> I was I was with my friends. I was so excited. Yeah, I was so excited, and uh, I did one, and I never came back up. It's hard. So I became the burden. Everyone, look at her. Oh, She's no. the burden. Everyone just. Walking around me, my friends were like, "No, yeah, t- why? What are you look at this fucking Wait, girl?" Wait, were you on the dance floor at Akbar? I was on the dance floor, oh, and, and then, I, and then the music. Drop. It was like the beat was about to drop, and I was like, "Oh, this oh, is you're it!" Gonna do ha, it. Boom. Oh no! Yeah. And then yeah, just I've never seen so many people just walk around. Me. <laughs> oh and no! I don't, I don't feel bad. I, I, I just, I was like, this is what I deserve. I've become, I am now the burden. Right? You know. 
Right. No one told me I had to do that. But yes, so I have tried. You know, you have to do the do the do the job. I I like to watch um, the uh, femme uh, voguing competitions in Europe on YouTube, and mm. they're usually like there's a voguer. I think she's um, Finnish. Her name is Inksy. Mm-hmm. She's very good. So it's the two women, and it's rare to see women voguing. So this is kind of a special category. Uh-huh, and uh, so yeah. they do so many death drops. And I'm like, how? Yeah. I'm scared. In a row, in a row. In a row. Mm-hmm. And then when they do them, syn- they synchronize and they do it together. Mm-hmm. And they do them at each other. Okay, and then they really easily get back up. Part of it, I think, is like they have knee pads. Sure. So yeah. that that's a thing. Um and they're definitely like doing something where they're almost on their knee going down and then they just lean back. And so that the um, death drop isn't actually like the impact. Right. It's more of a controlled mm-hmm, movement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where, yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, where they're already close to the position. Mm-hmm. It's about, yeah, it's about hitting the, hitting the falling back mm-hmm. and then coming back up. Right. Not so much, yeah, from standing. It's not from like or a jumping. great height. No, yeah. I mean, I've seen that too. Of course. But it's more like, it, it's it's more of a folding down. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. If you if you just fold down <laughs> on the beat, then it seems like a death drop. Yeah. I don't know why folding down is so <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah, like a, like a crane, like an origami. It's like, a, like yeah. it's like a crane. If you like unfolded the leg for a yeah, second yeah, and then yeah. you folded and it come, back up. Exactly. So graceful when you talk about it. Yeah, so hard to hit. It's hard to hit, and it. But it's like to me, it's sort of like it has a lot of fears of like, you know, you gotta protect that lizard brain because <laughs> that to. controls all the involuntary function, like breathing and heartbeat. So you know, just try not to, you know, don't hit, hit that. that. Don't, don't hit that against anything. Yeah, because once you're in motion, you're like, I'm supposed to hit four in a row. You're you're screwed. Yeah. There goes that lizard brain. Yeah, there don't goes... mess around. Mm-hmm. But it's like a very... Um... You do headstands in yoga? Mm, sometimes. I'll it? do like a... You know what I'll do is I'll do like a wall-supported headstand, which yeah. is kind of... And they'll do like dolphins and stuff. Like I'll do a lot of like things that are kind of in the realm of it, like... But it's also wall support. Sure, sure, sure. <clears throat> Where it's just about like the inversion or mm. whatever, right? Yeah. Getting your legs above your head. Yeah. So yeah. to me, I mean, that's the main gist of what I do. I used to get really crazy in yoga. And um, nowadays, I do less and less. I'll, every time and it gets real turned in yoga, I'm like, I have my period. <laughs> which I haven't for many years. But you still, just start bleeding. I just say that I have my period. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. To be like, I'm going <laughs> to be in baby. Okay. Yeah, I'm in child's place. That's my friend, Mike Albo. He is so funny. He's just a funny comedian, but he's a gay comic. And, you know, it takes a, a really long time for him to text you back. So I, I just, when he finally does, I go, you know what? I've been resting in child's post this whole time waiting for you. It's cool. What other dance, like, what other dance modalities have you done? Did you start with, what did you start with? Of course, uh, you know, classic deal, the ballet. Yeah, I, I, you know, I was pigeon-toed when I, when I was born and all the way to, I mean, I'm still kind of pigeon-toed. So my toes went inwards. So mm-hmm. it's very hard to do the turnout. Oh, for the turnout, me. yeah. And yeah, just shorter legs than most of the people in my class. And so ballet was very difficult for me. It hurt me. It always hurt. So then I, you know, once I got the basics of ballet down, then I was able to like venture into like modern dance, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, and then dance hall, I just fell in love with dance hall in high school when I was a cheerleader. 
Oh, you were a cheerleader. I was a cheerleader. I was, those girls took me in. I didn't have any other skills. That's amazing. I was bad at classes, you know. Mm-hmm. I was bad at school, so I was like, I love dancing, you know. I, I, this is my my that crew took me in. So, but that's very unusual for Asian Americans. I mean, it's like, what did your family say about the school stuff? I mean, they like my parents were so upset that I was a bad student <laughs> that I I was like almost like dead to them for a long time. I mean, until they started like my career as a comedian. Yeah, they really were like. She doesn't exist, almost. God. And they could, and, until you were a com- comedian, they could see the money. Then, they, <laughs> then it was like, oh, I see. I mean, how, did your family accept that you wanted to be a comedian, an artist? What did they say about they're that? They're so, they're pretty different, you know? Like, like my, so, like, we don't really have, like, male figures in our family, for example. That's why it's always me, my mom, and grandma. Mm-hmm. You know, we, like, we didn't really have, like men in our lives so the rules weren't patriarchal you yeah know, in our family we were more happy that we were able to like survive yeah. i w- you know we the three of us were undocumented here for seven years and lived in my uncle's garage um and so they truly didn't care too much what i was going to do wow. they were they were more stoked about like well we made it here yeah <sighs> we finally got a green card so they're not they're not like oh now you must also be doctor wow <laughs> you know it's yeah. more like uh, things are already hard your mom has schizophrenia just do what you yeah. know is gonna let you continue living of course you should love it that's too. great yeah so that's it's a great. little different i wasn't like yeah that's definitely different i think that then that's more of like a um it's more of a class issue, you know? It's like the higher sort of like aspirations that your family has towards like being middle class or upper class, then the idea of like school and education, like they'll want you to go to a white school mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. Harvard or yeah. Yale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like then the ultimate Oxford. <laughs> because it's like you really Oxford. white then. Like yeah. you real white if you Ooh. go to England. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's then. like the, you know, that's like the, the mothership for mm-hmm. white people mm-hmm. and so you gotta like get it's get out true. there it's, it's your root yeah it's their roots yeah you went to their roots that's even in um in parasite when they make the fake um yeah. educational like thing, documents mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. like does oxford have a uh <laughs> you know i didn't think about that well i know they were constantly trying to be impressive with like oh it's western schools in the west but yeah i didn't it didn't get to me that that Oxford thing. Yeah, it's not part of it's it's not part of the way that you were looked towards aspirational goals. Right, right, right. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. I mean, because it's like, why should that be a determinant of like success? Like to me, it never made sense because it's like, well, I don't really care to have a career that um, relies on education of that variety. Yeah, so yeah, it's yeah. not an appealing thought to me to be like spending the third of my life in school. Yeah. Before totally. I begin it. Yeah. You know, and then you might not have been in New Orleans, you know, right. And watched big Frida separating or, your flesh from bone <laughs> or whatever, whatever <laughs> yeah, was you, told, you know, you get to like do what you want as opposed to missing out on stuff because you're sort of told that this is the path. Yeah. 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 You know, I, I was ready to start my life. So when did you start doing comedy? I started when I was 20, mm-hmm. 20, yeah, because I dropped out of undergrad. Oh, good, good, yeah. I was bad at school, again, you know, UC Riverside. Yeah, so I, yeah, so I, then I was like, oh, I'll take a moment for myself, finally, yeah. you know, and uh, get in the arts. I'll 
you know, I've always liked making people laugh. And so I was like, how do I start? How do I start? You know? Yeah. And I can start now. I'm not in school. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And where did you start? I started in LA. I, I was already in LA and mm-hmm. uh, I took a class online. I found one on Craigslist. Oh, cool. I said, I don't know how to learn it, things other any other way. Yeah, yeah. Also, open mics look like if I went, I would, you know, maybe not come out the same ever again oh well yeah i mean it's <laughs> all very time. yeah it's all very intimidating when we start because it's like this is like such a weird world yeah. and it depends on every person's process you know right i'm just very you know i i i get intimidated easily and if someone even said one thing about like how i looked or something i knew i would crumble Oh, yeah, I know, because it's like we're just insecure. But the thing is, is like you're really funny, but you have a really different point of view, which is really important. Like there's something very surreal about your uh, the way your mind works and Mm -hmm. your humor. Your sense of humor is very like it's there's no category, Mm -hmm. you know, because it's like I don't know where she's coming from, but I want to go there. Mm -hmm. So that's like kind of like the audience's journey is that this is like we're in a spaceship. (laughs) like this is like super weird i feel like i'm in a spaceship yeah and it's great because it's like usually comedians i kind of know what's happening like this like um, yeah i know what's gonna well what's gonna happen Mm -hmm. but with you it's got you got like this is rare is like an andy kaufman thing Mm -hmm. where it's like i don't know where i'm going where are we going (laughs) like what's going on it's gonna be okay but that's cool that's exciting i like thank you for saying it's gonna be okay because i never know if it's gonna be okay. it's always gonna be okay i don't know where i'm going either right but that's (laughs) the joy of it is like we're gonna discover this together i i do i do like this kind of this style of comedy that you're describing Mm -hmm. uh but you know when it comes to i was just thinking like you know some people are just like the thing that the thing that I make, I don't go and you know watch. Right, right. Yeah, of course. which is interesting to it me. It is. It is. That's someone's process. Right. Yeah. I think like um, you I should... don't. I didn't want to name names, but I was just no, like, no. I heard an interview and I was like, what? You haven't seen the movie you were in? <laughs> We've all seen it. You know what I mean? Well, I mean, J Lo's in it. Oops. Sometimes <laughs> you have to like not. You you gotta not see yourself. I don't like watching myself. Oh really? Yeah. Uh, in yeah. movies or TV or right? I don't. I don't. I was like, I was there when we made it. I don't need to see it. So got it. Yeah. So so you'll you'll you you prepare. You show up to the shoot. Yeah, I do. And it. that's the last time you've experienced that. Maybe that I'll watch scene. a take if the director needs me to see something. Interesting. In playback, and I'll go. Yeah. Oh, and the, sometimes they'll point something out that I didn't realize, and then I'll do it, and then it is fine. But it's more like. I experienced this and I feel really strange watching it. Mm, yeah. um, I get that. Yeah. So I don't. I don't really care to do that. But like Adam Driver, like walked out during it. Yeah, I get that yeah, because with, it's like yeah. I would just be like, oh, I don't want to see it. Like I said, I just feel weird, and I'm judging myself as yeah, I'm watching. Yeah. If it doesn't feel good, yeah, and if you feel like you've you've done it, yeah, yeah. Well, I actually do love, um, I loved going to see stand-up comedy mm-hmm. and the kind of comics like I love um, are like, I like Michelle, Michelle Buteau a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I like big B- fan Brent Weinbach, B- Weinbach a lot. Yeah. And he actually is very similar to, I think, what you do in the surreal space of like, I don't know what's going on, <laughs> but I'm here and I'm going with you. He's amazing. Yeah. He's amazing. He does it on a different level that I'm like, God, I wish I could, you know? Yeah. But honestly, but it's also so strange. I'm like, I don't even know how to, I don't even know the point of entry of like how he thinks of things. Yeah. 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 You know, you should do a show with uh, Patty Harrison. 
Yes, she's yeah. great. I love Patty. She's yeah. super weird. She's weird too. Yeah, it's like what's going. On? She has songs up her sleeves too. You yes. know, yeah. It's very strange. Yeah, so funny. Yeah, been on the same lineups, but yeah, like I think I'm maybe more normal, quote unquote, than these people. I mean, honestly, everyone inspires me so much. The I wouldn't comedies. say that you are normal. I think that you really are. Like you embrace the surreal, which is really cool. I think it's. It's really not normal, but that's the best part. Mm. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I guess yeah. to you, it's normal because you're you're in you're inside your your art all the time. Sure. So for sure. you, it's like, oh, this is normal. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's true. So okay. it's the, the truth of who you are. Am so. I normal? Yeah, yeah. but better. <laughs> right. Better than normal. Yeah. You're you. Oh, Margaret. The best. This is not meant to be. Just you just made me feel too good during this. You're the best. You were saying something earlier about oh how that's not your the inversions were not your process anymore with with what you're trying to do with um like fitness mm -hmm. i was curious what you're like what you're you've been doing i've been doing um well i got a peloton bike oh you did so, <laughs> so yeah I'm not, with the classes right in yeah. front of you so uh, -huh. uh my asshole's always on fire because i'm <laughs> on that bike too much but i like that also but then now my arms have atrophied so, like, because it's all legs. What's atrophy? It's when your muscles waste. Oh, it's okay. like when your muscles start to eat themselves because you're, okay, got you're it, not got exercising it. them. Okay, yeah, so yeah, I have yeah. to do more uh, weights. Well, I'm sure in the classes uh, they they do weight. They do too, right? But, but you're I don't just like pretty those. much lifting up in the air, right? <laughs> so I'm like, I'm not doing that one. <laughs> yeah, you skip. I don't it. like that one. That's the power the, of uh, Peloton. the Peloton. You can, you can, do you can you skip. Want. Yeah. So yeah. that's my main thing, and then I do a lot of walks with my dog, and then um, I, I just do a lot of like um, walking around kind of stuff, like maybe not so conscious exercise, but just like city exploration. Like if I'm going out on yeah. like. On like a, a trip, like if I'm, a, I'm like doing a show, I like to walk around the city. Love so it. That's my, right. that's my a thing. Um, yeah. Are you doing sh shows on the road? Are you doing, you're doing shows in town and where can people catch your comedy and everything you're doing? Yes. Uh, well, so I do my Japanese game show monthly yes. at uh, Dynasty Typewriter. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it's also a weekly podcast. It's called Let's Go Let's Go. Um, and I have uh, my album out, my first ever album. I love out it. Yes, with comedy dynamics called "But I Control Me." Yeah. Yes. yes, yeah. So, well, where can people catch your Insta and all of your things going on? I'm at Otsko Comedy, uh, and uh, I dare you report me. <laughs> Report my photos. No. I already did it once. No. I don't reposted do it. it. I reposted it. You're the best. Taking over my dreams, waking me out of my sleep. I think I'm coming apart. The Margaret Show is an Erios production with editing by Tracy Levy and original music by Garrison Starr. Never miss an episode of The Margaret Show. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. I don't know where to start. Coming out of the dark. Erios. Powered by ACAST. 
Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.